0: I was at my doctor yesterday, Ethan. I was really panicking. I said, You have to help me, doctor. I think I'm shrinking. And he calmly said, Oh, just settle down. You'll just have to learn to be a little patient.
1: Nope. Nope.
0: <laughs> what do you call a bundle of hay in a church? Huh? Christian
1: bale. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you go. There's a yes. That's a yes. <laughs>
0: Right, we are back. We're talking podcasting and how to become a podmaster. Of course, based on the book, Become a Podmaster, Everything You Need to Know to Master the Art of Podcasting. We've spoken about several issues and and things that are covered in the book, but we've spoken to some professionals and people that are in the podcasting field. And today we're talking about, now you've got the podcast, how do you get people to
1: listen to it? This is one of the most common questions we get every time we talk to anybody around a podcast. And it's one of the most common questions that we ask marketers, other podcasters, is around getting your podcast out there.
0: So for me, a podcast should be part of your content marketing campaign. And if you're clever, you can use the podcast as the source material for your content marketing. And in fact, I wrote a book about that. It's called Purposefully Repurposed for Profit. How to easily create a content marketing plan simply by repurposing a podcast. I think too many people make podcasts Publish them and then go on to the next episode and don't realize the value of the content that they already have and how to use that in a repurposed way to get people back to the podcast as a marketing technique.
1: The way we frame it is that the podcast is the core of your content from which everything flows. So, look, not everybody's a podcast listener, not everybody has the interest in it, not everybody even knows what a podcast is. A podcast is just a medium of content. we think it's a really effective one. We love the medium, but ultimately it's just a way of getting your message out there. I don't care how people consume this content at the end of the day. if it's a LinkedIn post, if it's a blog post, if it's this podcast, the infographic I, doesn't matter. I do not care as long as we're getting them back to our website. Yes, that is the goal with this specific podcast exactly yes. yeah. exactly. The thing to understand is that the podcast is your tool to market yourself it is content that people will find compelling that you can use to market yourself. It's not like I'm going to give you 10 tips and you're going to have 10,000 downloads next week. No one is capable of doing that. So what we did then to get some more granular answers on this was interview people who really have made this aspect of podcasting kind of their bread and butter, specifically Dan and Benji, who you've heard throughout this series. And I think they really had like incredible
2: insights into this podcasting particularly is is very tough because unlike most channels there's not a built-in growth component there is a little bit but it's not like youtube you ever hear about youtube marketing how often do you talk about marketing your youtube channel outside of youtube not very much because the algorithm it's all about gaming the algorithm so you can grow within youtube itself same with linkedin same with twitter same with facebook same with every platform that's external there is a way to grow it without having to go external the externals are always secondary with podcasts, you have to use external channels in order to grow your podcast. The only exception is if you're hitting a new topic that's just now trending and you can capitalize on the podcast SEO because you're pumping your the name of your show is titled in such a way that you hit something before everybody else did onto something that then grew. Uh, I have one friend that started doing he created a sound machine. Like have you ever heard like the white noise, the brown noise, green noise. And then it's just like really long episodes of just nothing but that. He was the first one to put it on Spotify before everybody did. And guess what? Because he was first, it started getting all the downloads. So now he just ranks top for sound machine on Spotify. And he gets like, he he gets a freaking amazing amount of downloads on just nothing but uncopyrighted sound machines on, yeah, for 14 hours sound tracks. You know what I'm saying? Like he was first and he got lucky. B2B growth also had a lot of growth. Because they were the first ones, one of the first ones to do B2B marketing in podcasting. And it was titled B2B Growth, the podcast for B2B marketers and sales leaders. So guess what? All the terms, every time someone searches B2B marketing, B2B growth, B2B sales, our show's coming up first because we were one of the first ones there. We put a lot of episodes into it. It had a lot of downloads. So we still have consistent growth from that because we still rank for those. Now, if you're in a competitive industry, you're probably not going to rank for it or outrank them. Though it's not as hard as you would think. Most podcasts are like half of them are inactive. So I would check to see how many podcasts are actually active because it might not be hard to get to number two or three. That's pretty much your only route to grow in the ecosystem itself. Everything else, you have to actually put your marketer hat on and be like, okay, marketers, how do we actually grow things normally? Well, we have to divide it up into three different categories, paid media, owned media, earned media. So it's funny, most marketers struggle with podcasting, even though it's the same principles. You just have to carry it over to promoting your content. And it's worth doing for multiple reasons that I'll circle back on later. But you want to create a marketing plan for your podcast. You want to think of like, okay, first, let's start with owned media. Do we have other properties we could be utilizing in order to grow our podcast? If you're a company, you probably have maybe an email list. You probably have a website with some traffic. Where can we appropriately be plugging in this podcast on the website, on our owned media, maybe on the social channels, we got something going on, maybe on our newsletter that we currently have. I'm amazed at how many companies have podcasts and don't even link to it in their navigation. It's really sad, a lot, a lot. I went and surveyed like 500 companies and looked for all their podcasts. I had to start Google searching company name podcasts in order to find the random page that they were actually promoting this on because I couldn't find it through the nav often. It's probably like one quarter of B2B companies that I looked at don't even have it in the nav under resources. They have their webinars and their blog there, but for some reason, they don't even link to their podcast. So that's like low-hanging fruit, right? Actually just getting the podcast some visibility on your owned media. Now, a lot of people probably listen to this, don't have any of that. They're literally starting with the podcast. So what the heck do you do? For those, my best recommendation is to go with a two-channel model. You need a podcast. That's your long-form content channel. You also need a short-form content channel. Not another long form. It can't be a blog. Don't make it a YouTube channel. It needs to be a short form content because that's where your discoverability channel is going to be. And only go in on those two channels. That's it. Ignore all other channels because it's so hard when you're a solo podcaster in order to grow an audience. So it needs to be Twitter. It could be LinkedIn or it could be TikTok. Those are kind of like my go-tos for short form content. And I would prefer, I would most recommend LinkedIn or Twitter before TikTok. I just find it's easier and easier to promote these things. It's really hard to get people off of TikTok for some, for some reason. People like to stay on TikTok. But Twitter and LinkedIn do really well, especially if you're in a B2B space, LinkedIn. If it's for your career or if it's about business at all, LinkedIn, 100%. LinkedIn's fantastic. It's where I spend all my time. And there's it's easier to grow on LinkedIn than Twitter, in my opinion. So... You have to have a two-channel model and then do everything you needed to grow do to grow on that individual channel. Which one you pick, the tactics will change on how to grow on Twitter versus LinkedIn. Um, but having, having two channels works out well. The cool thing about podcasts is that it gives you all your short-form content. You do the interview and then you can slice and dice that thing up into lots of short-form clips, whether it's micro videos or quotes or if it's on Twitter, like a Twitter thread. Nowadays, AI can help you slice and dice that stuff up easy because you can like just feed it the transcript and be like, come up with five LinkedIn posts based on this episode. Bam, it'll like slice it up for you and it'll be freaking good posts. So it's easier than ever to do this because of AI tools. The last one that I'll give is that if you have a little bit of budget, gosh, a little bit of paid media goes so far. Like if you could just spend some money on LinkedIn promoting your the stuff that you were posting organically, put some paid media behind it and make the call to action. Listen to the full episode. That goes remarkably well on LinkedIn, especially if you have a very small, you only want to target VPs of marketing at hospitals. Great. Because on LinkedIn, you can do that. If you have a broader audience and maybe you're more B2C, you can do it through Facebook ads. And remember, call to action is listen to the full episode. Or if you have a newsletter that feeds the podcast, great. If you want to send them straight to Apple. If you have more money than time, pay for it. It's well worth it, especially if you're a company that wants to generate some top of the funnel activity. Pay to promote your organic channel so you can generate demand with those buyers before they're in market. Because if you can generate demand, 90% sure you're going to capture it, <laughs> all the demand you create.
3: If you're running an interview style show, the best organic way of doing marketing. is to equip the guest with as much material as they can to share it with their audience. Because that means reach into new markets. The thing I'll say about that, the, the hardest part is, let's say you have a guest on, the guest then shares an asset, says, hey, go listen to this episode, I was interviewed. When they come click on that episode, you have to be saying enough and be personable enough, be unique enough, for them to remember your podcast and not just be there because their friend was on your show. So thinking through that strategically, that even if I get eyeballs on this episode, even if I get ears to listen to this episode, what's hooking them to to listen to an episode where someone they don't know is the guest? And that's an extra step. That doesn't sound like a a marketing thing, but otherwise we're going to see spikes, right? You're going to have an episode that does great because an asset got shared and a bunch of people clicked on it. But to get retention takes a lot of intentionality with what you're actually doing with your podcast and trying to get people to stick around. At the height of us having guests on our show, I was equipping them with three assets. I was equipping them with a micro video. I was equipping them with a LinkedIn status that was just text. And I was equipping them with essentially like a a graphic. And I had a sequence where I was emailing them three times over the course of two weeks, each one of those emails giving them another asset. So it was building rapport and relationship. It was also sharing another asset, showing intentionality. And a lot of times when someone's a guest on a podcast episode, they feel a little weird just sharing out a thing with their face on it, right? So you have to ease the tension a little bit and say, Hey, we, we really do want you to share this. And this is how you could share it. This might be the best way on LinkedIn. The worst thing that could happen is your company page posts the podcast and then they just hit reshare. Why? Because that drops the engagement down. That's really across all social platforms, but LinkedIn, it's so easy to hit reshare most of the time on other social platforms. It's better, but We're huge on LinkedIn. So I I just bring that up to say if you can equip your guests with how to use the asset, that's, again, going the extra mile to where you'll probably see more of an effect from it.
0: Great content will get people talking. And that is the most important and cheapest way of marketing your podcast or any content you have is through word of mouth, people talking about it. Like, listen, I heard this really great podcast about what, what. Ethan, you, you're a Dungeons and Dragons kind of g- guy. I've heard this wonderful one. You must listen to it. That's the first thing.
1: Yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. You spoke previously about commodity content and content that just exists to serve an algorithm or just exists to check your box for the week. And this links to a, a side quick discussion about people always ask me, how long should a podcast be? There are successful podcasts who are over four hours long an episode.
0: There are successful podcasts that are 15 minutes long.
1: The content is as long as it needs to be. And if the content is strong...
0: I always say to people, your podcast has got to be as long as your
1: content is interesting. Exactly. So the point here is, you've got to have strong content first. First, focus on that. Make sure you know who you're speaking to. Get your avatar in order. Make sure your planning is correct. Make sure... Your pre-production, your post-production, all of those elements have to be the main focus on your podcast. And then you've got to have a strategy that you can put in place and test just like anything else in marketing. The sad answer is you've got to put it out there, see how it happens, take that information, recalculate, try again. See what worked best and emulate that and repeat that. Because what could happen from this podcast and for us what will likely happen is we can repurpose it into... a whole bunch of different forms of media. What will serve us in the long term is if we eventually after publishing those kinds of media, get statistics, and then see which ones actually did things for us. If we find out that infographics are the way of the future, and that people read our infographic and then listen to our podcast and then go to our website, then we can cut back on some of the other stuff if that's not really serving us. You have to create the content Get it in a way that people want to consume it and then test. That's really ultimately what it boils down to. I
0: think one of the biggest mistakes that people also make is they think they're going to have a million downloads tomorrow. I publish it today and tomorrow I'm going to be famous. It's different to radio. Radio has an immediate audience. It's a captive audience. Yeah. yeah, People listen to it every day because that's the breakfast show and they drive to work and they listen to the show. And there's a million or two people every day listening to it podcasting is different podcasting it's like when you have a book in the library you won't have 10,000 people taking out that book on day one you will have 10,000 people if it's a really good book reading that book over the next five years perhaps and it's the same in my mind with podcasting there's a library of great podcasts out there their downloads keep on ticking over yes the popular ones will have more downloads because they have a more captive audience perhaps But if I look at the Hypnosis Works podcast, in the first few weeks and and months, it was the 10, 20 people on the WhatsApp group that I sent it to that listened to it. Now, to almost three years later, it's really starting to tick over because it's spread over the world. People have been talking about it. It's one of the few in that genre. And my numbers are ticking over, ticking over, ticking over steadily. The numbers are picking up. So, I think you must think of a podcast as a long-term investment as well. And that's also why your content has to be evergreen. A podcast like this one that we're making now, it's about podcasting. It's going to have a long shelf life. Podcasting is podcasting is podcasting. Yes, it will develop and grow over the next few years. And we'll add episodes to talk to those new developments as things you know, happen. But yeah, it's a long-term investment. It's something that's going to bring you value in the next three to five years though, as long as you keep uh, the content
1: evergreen so that it does have that long shelf life. When we're talking about three to five years with the stats on the actual podcast downloads, you can start getting value right now if you repurpose, right? So you've also got to figure out what are your stats? What is the benchmark for success for you?
0: How do you measure success?
1: That is likely going to be the Biggest driver of your strategy, if you have specific targets in mind and very measurable benchmarks for success, even as your podcast is slowly but surely growing in popularity, you can already start reaping the benefits. If you need to get content up on your LinkedIn so that you can grow your audience there, your podcast can be repurposed across various formats and placed on there.
0: There's also value in remarketing your podcast. So people think I make the podcast, I market it, and that's the end of it. There are so many people that have not heard your podcast or heard of your podcast that you can reach in six months, a year, two years from now. And that's why it's important to keep on remarketing. One of the suggestions we make is make 12 episodes, make a limited series podcast, 10 or 12, eight or 10 or 12, however many make a limited series podcast, publish that, market it, repurpose it, which is another way of marketing it, and then repurpose it again and remarket it again, because you will keep on finding new audiences, new people to download it as time goes by. So don't just think of marketing as a one-time thing. It's an ongoing process for your podcast.
1: So what are we going to do with this series of podcasts?
0: So I was also thinking, you know, we were speaking in an earlier episode, why do we do the podcast? If it's just a networking thing that I want to reach specific people and and maybe make them my customers, I don't worry about how many downloads I'm going to get. For this, I'm concerned. I want people to listen to this because it's a way of getting people to the book, getting people into our mentoring program and generally, you know, promoting podcasts as a whole. So how are we going to do this? That's a good question.
1: What we just recently did was completely redesign our website. And I think that helped us figure out kind of an idea of what content we want to publish on that website, and then who that content is for, and then how our podcast that we're recording right now fits into the overall
0: structure of it. So what I've done, let me tell you what I've done so far with the content marketing one, which is what I'm going to do with this. First, I transcribe it. Hmm. So I have found an AI. It does kind of a dirty transcription, but it's relatively affordable. It just means I have to spend a few hours to fix it, or I can get a person to do it for me. We have those services available as well. I get a transcript of it, which I then publish with the embedded audio. Yeah. Yes. This is good for SEO. That's the only reason I'm doing that. People don't like reading transcripts as far as I've seen in in the research I've done. But it's a way for Google to see what is
1: on the audio. There's also the side benefit of it being helpful for accessibility. If you're hard of hearing, you can also read a podcast. For sure.
0: However, once I have the transcript, now I've got the basis for a blog article because I can now repurpose the transcript and get the most pertinent points out of there, write an article with some quotes from, you know, this one said this, this one said that. And I could do probably two or three articles out of it, depending on the angle I take on that. I've got articles for my blog. I've got some articles for LinkedIn, because LinkedIn likes if you put the articles on there as well. So I've got that. From there, I can now make social media posts. That's a way, again, to get people back to either the transcript or the blog or to ultimately the podcast episode itself. From there on graphics, there's all those other things, and that's what the other book is about, Purposefully Repurpose for Profit, how to to repurpose the podcast into all those other media forms. Because, as you said earlier, not everybody listens to podcasts. I want to go and put my content where people are already consuming their content, whether it be TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, and draw them back to my primary source of content, which is the podcast.
1: And then this also brings us to the video aspect, which is a whole other can of worms and is something that's developed quite a bit throughout the history of podcasting. For the longest time, we used to do something called audiograms. And if you don't know what an audiogram is, you've probably seen one before. It's a little video of a static graphic that has a little animation of the waveform as the person speaks. So as they speak, you can see the little circle or the little wave bouncing up and down.
0: Didn't Benji have something to say about audiograms?
3: Yeah. I am off of the audiogram in 2023. I don't think it's as useful, especially if you have video of any kind. It seems to be moving towards micro videos. What's interesting about micro videos is there's actually a movement away from hyper, hyper produced. So that's a good for new podcasters. People thought that if they produce the highest quality clips, that that's what you need. And in reality, what it does is people go, "Oh, that seems more inauthentic," especially in a business setting. So there's a a fine line to walk. Like, yes, I have a quality camera. Uh, I think through my backdrop. I have a, a nice microphone. Like, I think through those things, but I don't in the editing process demand. That the quality is much more than just having captions on the screen and maybe a couple clips. Like we try different things and we see different types of microclips perform, but you don't have to have the highest quality in order to be excellent with clips. The other thing I would say about the audiograms thing is it seemed like I saw a lot of audiograms a couple years ago as well, and that actually pivoted back to if you can repurpose your podcast episodes into carousels on LinkedIn in a creative format where you're giving away, like let's say your guest gives three tips for whatever you create a carousel with those three tips and then you plug their profile in the last slide that works great now because you're using podcast content, but it's a completely different style post and that clearly those graphics would work on Instagram as well. You could pretty much use them across social, but it's not audio only, right? It's you've actually created an asset that's written or it feels very different. When you have the audio and the video, just use that, I would say. At some point, we would love to fully video
1: record these podcast episodes, but with the way that we're producing it involving clips and things, it really currently is not something that we have Look, it. for
0: an interview podcast, it's great. You do a
1: Zoom interview, you take the Zoom, and there you go, you've got the the video. Exactly. But for something like this, that kind of video production is beyond the scope of what we're doing here. Could we put slides to this and make it a slideshow? I just don't know if people would enjoy that. That's a great question. It's something to test. Because outside of having people's faces on video, there isn't a lot more that people have done with podcast video clips. I've also been thinking, why don't we just take a walk around the garden here and just have like a little garden tour as like a weird visualizer. The fish in the fish pond. Yeah, honestly. Just like a little looping visualizer that captures someone's interest. It might be a bit disruptive.
0: You could do it the other way around. You could produce a video and extract the audio and publish that as a podcast.
1: So that's what a lot of people have been doing lately, especially in the interview podcasting world. Joe Rogan, lots of others, do a video podcast first and then turn that into audio podcasts. So if it's a video, how can it be a podcast, video podcast?
0: I I don't get those two terms together. It's a video of a podcast.
1: The definition of a podcast has blurred over time. A lot of people don't quite understand that it's an audio-first medium. Yeah, I've also read
0: that the definition or the name podcasting might change over time. I mean, podcasting is very specifically linked to the Apple iPod from 2000 and FTSEC. And we might need to look at a new name for it.
1: I completely agree. But we're stuck with it now. This is the name we have. It's a very undescriptive like name. It's hypnosis.
0: It's a totally wrong name for it, but we're stuck with the name hypnosis.
1: Okay, so where does this leave us now? Marketing. It's a hard nut to crack. Let's not beat around the bush. It's not easy.
0: I was watching a movie. It was produced in 2014 or something. on I think it was on Prime, the podcast documentary. And at that point, there were 300,000 podcasts. Which we thought was a lot. eh? But now they're over 3 million. So finding the right podcast for you is an interesting little search that you have to do. Standing out and getting your podcast in front of the right person that you want to listen to is is an even bigger challenge, I suppose.
1: You have to have a marketing plan for your podcast. I think that's really what this boils down to. Even if it's something you construct after you've recorded, Ideally, it's something that's built into the fabric of the pre-production process. So,
0: if you approach your podcast as a business, that means you're going to need a business plan. And your marketing strategy and your marketing plan will be part of that overall planning.
1: Ultimately, it boils down to repurposing, remarketing. You most likely have not promoted your podcast enough yet.
0: You've got to put some effort into it.
1: So, what we're going to do is repurpose Repurpose. this. (laughs) We're going to repurpose this. And then repurpose it again. Remarket it look at the stats,
0: and then use what we've learned to, to improve in Season 2. So, is this Season
1: 1? I think this might be Season 1. We recorded this at the farm, the ranch, mm-hmm. in a really cool enclosed studio space. In the future, we'll likely do maybe a more remote version or a slightly different version. We are going to go into planning for that, but for now, our focus is going to 100% be on making this podcast as amazing as it can be, and then Marketing the shit out of it.
0: So that was season one of Become a Podmaster. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. If you want to start a podcast, please go and get the book, Become a Podmaster. It's available everywhere where you buy books online or you can find it on our website. I've got all the links there to all the relevant shops. You can even get the PDF copy from me or from the website. And then, of course, if you are ready to start but don't know what to do, join our six week mentorship program where we will physically take you through everything you need to do and and help you to get started and get going. We've also got all the production services with this excellent editor sitting here next to me. I can do scripting. We can help you with publishing. There's quite a few things we can do. And the things we can't do, we will put you in contact with all the experts we've been talking to and, and help you to... Our aim really is just to help you to get going. Like, start podcasting, especially for your business. It's such an awesome audio medium, and it has so many great benefits. So start today.